Welcome to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment. Sponsored by Tech Help Boston. Thank you for spreading the news and the word about this series. I've got one goal, and that is to spread inspiring stories about women doing great things with their lives all around the world. And I know you are there in every state in North America and in 87 countries worldwide, listening and learning from these very wise women. Today's story is about getting up after you fall down. It's about surviving a sudden loss and realizing you are stronger than you ever knew you were. It's about discovering talents and capabilities you never knew you had. In the spotlight, a woman I have admired for many years. She is a woman whose entire life changed when she got a call that her husband and the father of her two children had been killed in a car crash. It wasn't long before this dental hygienist and stay-at-home mom realized that the best way to honor him was to take over the family business, a huge car dealership called the Pride Motor Group. So she did. And this is the story of Suzanne Ayavana. Suzanne, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. We've been trying to put this together for a while. You look so beautiful. We're going to do a little video so that you can see her purple boots, which are to die for. Thank you. A sudden death is so hard to wrap your head around because it just happens and there's no closure for you. How old were your children? How did you tell them? Bring me back to that day. On October 19th, 2014, I got a call in Burlington, Vermont, where I was with my daughter at a figure skating competition, that there was a car accident in my hometown. It was from my son's girlfriend. She said, I think it's Michael, your husband. And I said, no, it couldn't be. I just talked to him maybe an hour ago. And then I learned very shortly after that, that it was him. Did you get a call from a police officer or? A friend of mine wow. called back and said, you know, it was on the next street from where we lived. Yeah, at the time, there was three men in the town that owned red Ferraris. You know, I thought it was maybe the builder or this insurance person that had a Ferrari, just like my husband's. But I knew it was, unfortunately, one of the three, and it happened to be Michael. How did you stay strong during that time? Did you have people who gathered all around you and kind of held you up when you felt like falling down? That day was devastating. And you still got to get home from Vermont, right? Yeah, so my daughter was supposed to go on the ice, so I had to go back into the hotel to tell her. And I called one of the skating moms, who's one of my best friends, and I said, can you go to the room because I'm going to need help. Prior to that, I said, I need to call Canada because my son was playing hockey up there. So I called him first. How was, old was he? At the time, he was 19. Wow. Yeah. He was staying with a family, and the mom said, oh, wait a minute, I have to go get your son because he had passed out after he had heard the news. So she was trying to console him. At the same time, my daughter was nervous because when I got the call from my son's girlfriend, we were in the car, so she had heard the conversation. So I said, you know, it's not daddy. Don't worry about it. Go in, get ready for your competition. She had her dress on and was putting on her makeup. But as soon as I came into the room to tell her, she buckled down as well. And, she took and, one look at you. And she knew. Yeah. I buckled down myself and, and just sat there for a few minutes trying to get my wits to myself and said, look, you know, there's time and a place for yourself to feel sorry, but you need to be strong for Alexandra. So when I went in, I tried, but you can only do so much. And 
Luckily, I had my friends, all kinds of skaters, her coaches. We all went into my room and we just sat there and everyone hugged us, you know, for the night and just tried to get us through it. That was the first and last night that I felt sorry for Suzanne Ayavana because I knew after that night I had two children to be responsible for. I had a business, home, and a lot of things on my plate that I just couldn't feel sorry for myself. (laughs) Isn't it so true that when you go through a really hard time like that, I remember realizing that in my own life, that you can sit here and you can cry for as long as you want, but the world still keeps on turning. What happened next? You bury your husband. You try to get the kids back to school. Here you are. You're a trained hygienist, but you don't know how to sell cars. No, so... Talk to me about this. I was a hygienist from 1986 to 1999. My son was born in 94, and when I had my daughter in 99, my husband's like, you know, you're traveling around... I was traveling as well around the world to teach other hygienists and and assistants to do hygiene. So he said, you know, you can go on this whirlwind, but your son's getting older and right. now you have a newborn and you know my responsibilities at the dealerships. Right. And I said, you know what, I'm ready to take on being a mother, you know, full time. And that's what I did. And I went into science because I didn't like math. I didn't like business. And I was very comfortable in it. But you also clearly, if you were a dental hygienist and, you know, traveling around the world, you also are a natural born teacher. That goes a long, long way. So we know you have that skill of being able to nurture others. Right. True. Very true. (laughs) So I'm trying to rack my brain around trying to remember if I have ever purchased a car from a female or seen a woman in a leadership position at a car dealership. 99.99999% male. And yet this was the family business. Walk me through entering into it. After the day he passed, we were supposed to get another dealership. He had a partner, and he decided to branch on to get another dealership, and he was going to work that week. Basically, he was semi-retired. I knew that I had this going on. I needed to get with estate attorneys and whatnot. So the first year was really sorting out all of that kind of stuff, so I wasn't actually in the dealership. Sort of figuring out the estate and the extent of the business itself. Correct. Kind of a learning process for you for a year. Correct. And the partner and I did not work out. It was just in my best interest that I didn't purchase another one. Obviously, taking care of three dealerships is large enough for someone that didn't know, you know, what a front end, back end, or (laughs) what anything about the car business was. Unfortunately, and fortunately, my husband really, he didn't want to bring his business home, so he didn't teach me anything. So clean slate. Clean slate. Susanna Ivana, clean slate when it comes to the car business. Correct. After that year, I just started going into the dealership every day, spending hours and hours, and it was just a rocky road between the partner and I. No one was really going to help Susanna Ivana learn the business. So I would go to these meetings, and everything sounded Chinese, but I would go back to my office and just start Googling words, and just basically I learned it on my own. I had a few ex-employees that used to work for my husband that felt bad and would call, how can we help you? And so they would help me to some degree, but it it still obviously wasn't enough. You know, it sounds to me like you literally were the only woman at the table Mm -hmm. listening to conversations you didn't understand, Mm -hmm. going back to your office, closing the door, 
Googling things that you don't know mm-hmm. in order to just be able to tread water in the deep end of the pool. Basically, that's Good what it you. was. I feel that I've been always on an island by myself, and it's like that survival. Okay, how am I going to get off this island today? So did you learn step by step? Do you get to go to school if you work in the car business? Explain. My husband and his partner were dealer principal of Pride Motor Group, which entails Hyundai, Pride Kia, and Pride Chevrolet. After the partner left, Hyundai manufacturers came to me and said, we know that you basically don't know what you're doing. We'll let you become dealer principal if you do three things for us. First, you have to go to Korea. I'm like, sure, no problem. Check that off the list. Second, they wanted me to join a 20 group, which is 20 Hyundai dealers from around the United States. And we meet quarterly to go to these meetings and learn from each other how we can better ourselves in every aspect of the dealership. Okay, that sounds win-win, right? So check that off. And then the third was to go to NADA Academy. Every month, I had to go to Washington for a week and learn whatever aspect of the dealership that they wanted me to learn, whether it was sales, the financials, service, whatever. It took a year. I graduated in 2017. I'm glad they made me do those things because obviously I learned a lot within that year. And the thing about knowledge is that knowledge also gives us so much strength and a little more confidence, right? I don't have 35 years of experience as a lot of my managers have, a lot of the outside people have. So it is still a challenge and a daily battle inside of me because I've always been in a position that I have known what I'm doing. It still feels a little uncomfortable, but every day it gets better and better. You know, I met you years Mm -hmm. ago and I heard you tell this story. And sitting in front of me right now is a completely new woman. What has been the shift and the change for you? Please support our sponsors. They make this show possible. More than 30,000 families and businesses have trusted TechHelpBoston.com since the year 2000. Dave Elmazian, president of TechHelpBoston, with the reasons why. It's really about forging a relationship and having a trusting relationship because your technology is very personal to you. It used to be in the old days that things were private. When you're online, nothing is private anymore. And we want to make sure that that information is kept confidential and with somebody that you trust and you feel comfortable with. You can trust TechHelpBoston.com. To keep your computer and systems running right, call 781-484-1265 or visit techhelpboston.com. That's techhelpboston.com. It takes teamwork to put a weekly series like this together. I am so grateful to Jordan Rich and Ken Carberry for giving the story behind her success a home at Chart Productions. And to Dan Tebow, our editor from Fast Twitch Media. J.C. Valeris at Platinum Circle Media, who handles our social media marketing and so much more. Thank you all for making me look so good. I think the more I'm learning, the more I'm getting confident. And I'll never forget the first meeting once the partner was gone that I had to conduct on my own. And I probably said, um, a million times and looked around the room and couldn't look at anybody's eyes and was just saying, okay, just get through this. They know you don't know what you're talking about, but at least have something that they can take away. And a lot of the managers that were there then and are with me now really promote me and are great strength for me because they tell it like it is. She did not know anything. And she still does not know everything, but at least she knows certain ins and outs that get us through. They support me. What kind of a leader are you? At the end of the day, 
my goal is to learn every single thing that I possibly can. And while you're learning, you also have to lean on those who do know mm-hmm. and to celebrate their accomplishments mm-hmm. and let them know that you appreciate the fact mm-hmm. that, that you're a great big team. Describe your day. My day is getting up in the morning around 6, 6.30 and going right to my email, seeing what's come in, what meetings I have, just to refresh my memory, anything that's come in through the night that I need to be aware of. Then when I get to work, I try to walk through all three dealerships and all the departments. That's my main goal. I'm there every day. Now, it may not be at 9 o'clock every day. Some days I show up at 7.30. Some days I show up at 10, depending on what type of day I have. Some days I leave at 5. Some days I leave at 8. No one at that dealership really knows my hours, and that's the way I like it. Some days I just leave for lunch and just go near the water and clear my head and then come back. Mondays are usually my crazy days with meetings and and whatnot, but at the end of the day, I try to list everything that I have to do in order to accomplish something the next day. You know, when we first got talking, I told you that I don't think I've ever been to a dealership that's owned by a woman, bought a car from a woman. What have you been trying to do within your dealership now to promote this as a real career for women? The first thing I did is started doing radio commercials. Prior to this, I was a very quiet person. My husband was the life of the party, the life of anything we went into, so I didn't have to play that role. I had to get over my fears of being quiet. And then the next thing was television. I think there's three car dealers that I know just in the New England area to get my face out there. That are women. That are women. That are women owned. Yeah. And then the next thing is we are family orientated. My in-laws owned it as well as my husband for 40 years. We come in and we want that family vibe. We don't think of you as a number. We know what every customer has bought, what their last car was, why they came back to Pride, why they came to Pride. As I walk around the dealerships, there's so many customers that come up to me, say, oh, we saw your commercial, we liked it. And, you know, it's not really putting me, Suzanne Ayavana, out there. It's putting Pride out there and why we're different from a lot of the other car dealerships. Do you have any women selling cars for you right now? I do. Talk to me about that. I was getting together with some girlfriends, and they're like, you know what? We think you should just fire every man and get all women. And I said, yeah, that sounds like a great idea on paper, but it's, it's not feasible. I did start really promoting women. So I did say I want a woman in every dealership, no matter what it is. It's been how many years since your husband's death? It'll be six years in October. How is the business doing? Two out of the three dealerships are really going in the right direction, and the other one still needs a little help. Basically, it's all about getting the right people. I think in any business that you have, finding the people is a challenge. How about your children? Give us an update on Alexandra had been a figure skater at the moment she found out about her dad's death. Where did the skating go, and and how is she doing now? She'll be 21 this month. Right after her dad's death, she was also doing pairs She decided that she wanted a new partner, and her coaches found her a partner in Italy. She was flying back and forth, training in Milan and also training in Boston. But at the time, I didn't realize her head was not there. She didn't have time to grieve because her coaches and myself thought it was the best thing. Put her, you know, let's get her back on the ice. Get her back on the ice. Get her back on the ice. And unfortunately, her partner dropped her when we were in Croatia. So when we came back, she was concussed. And it was around Christmas time. We sent her partner back to Italy. Unfortunately, a few weeks later, her and I were going into Boston, and we were hit from behind. So she was concussed for the second time. And because her brain did not heal the first time, this concussion ended her skating career. 
She was bedridden for three months. Wow. She had homeschooled herself the last four years. So, Which I guess, let's face it, Alexandra was an elite skater, an elite athlete. So you have to homeschool because you're mm-hmm. practicing. You're on the ice six hours a day, right? Yeah, she was on the ice at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I would pick her back up at 6. Off ice, she trained for two. She was doing ballet. and So after that, she decided, because now she's a senior in high school, and I said, do you want to homeschool yourself? Do you want to go to boarding school? You know, What do you want to do? And she said, I think I'm going to go back to the high school that I should have graduated from. I said, you really want to do that? It's a tri-town. You haven't seen these girls since the second grade. You know how girls can be. Right. She's like, no, and I'm going to try out for the cheering squad. I said, oh, okay. (laughs) So please don't fall, Alexandra, right? Right. And I felt bad at the time. She's like, you had no confidence. I'm like, well, I I just. I'm being a mother. I was being a mother. I'm sorry. I'm being a mother. Yes. So she tried out. She made varsity. She was just thrilled. And she really had a good year to be around girls her age again and boys and going through that prior to going to college. Then she decided to go to college, and the first year was not so easy. The education wise was fine, but she still hadn't grieved. So that was her grieving year. But she got through it. She's a very strong woman. Where is she going to school? So now she's going to BC. Great. My school, Boston College. Boston Woo! College, yeah, for business. And she's also doing Katherine Hines for esthetician. So she wants to own her own salon someday. How about Michael, your son? Michael, after the tragedy, came home. He was going to UMass Amherst to play hockey. Unfortunately, the coaches that recruited him all got fired. So when he got in there, it was quite a battle. It was difficult playing all the time and being one of, you know, a top player to basically kind of just being in, in the mix of things. He didn't have a great experience, but he lasted a few years. And then he said, you know what, Mom? I've had enough of this. I really want to get into the business. That's one of the reasons why I stepped into this. So he's in Michigan right now going to automotive school. Wow. So I'm looking back on all this. Look at you. Single mom. Your son wants to go into this business. Your daughter's okay. She's going to a great school. Have you given yourself a minute to feel okay about what you've done with your life? I hope your girlfriends are all telling you that. I'll tell you right now. (laughs) I'm proud to know you. Thank you very much. There's never been a time that, honestly, I've stayed in bed and said, I just got to take a day for myself. In the four years that I've been at the dealership, I've been out once. I'm at every meeting. I travel to my meetings. I try to get involved with every single thing that I can and try to make the best of it. Like I said, I'm still learning. Well, speaking of learning... They say that for adults, the only time we learn is when we step outside of our comfort Mm -hmm. zone. And boy, did you step outside your comfort zone. Are you the same woman that you were four or five years ago? No. I'll never forget the first day of NADA Academy. We all had to take a test. That was mostly men as well. Obviously, they were a lot younger than myself. You know, everyone got in like the 90s or 80s, and I got a 60. And I was so embarrassed. Called my son, and I said, I can't do this. I have to come home. We're, we're going to have to sell. I, I, I just, he's like, Mom, you're so strong. You've been through so much. You can do this. We had to take another test at the end of the week to see how much we had learned. I got a 99. I was so excited because in the beginning, I didn't know anything. These guys were getting 90s because, yeah, they knew. That's what they'd done their whole, whole lives. lives. Yeah, but it was still that feeling because I don't feel comfortable unless I know what I'm doing. And I like to be in control. I like to say that I'm a lot stronger. I still have a ways to go. 
I'm a hell of a lot stronger than I was. You never imagined <laughs> that this would be your next chapter. Mm-mm. Is there something that you like about it? I like that I have to get up every morning. I have a purpose in life. I like that I'm making my children proud. I fall like the next. It's kind of like a boxing match. I explain every time someone thinks, oh, I think she's, you know, out. I come bouncing right back up. I just want to prove to myself that I can do this. It may not be the success that everyone thinks I should have. It's something important to me. I really enjoy what I'm doing. What is the best piece of advice you have ever received? And can you pass it along to our audience today? Don't quit. Anytime you think that you're at your wit's end or that this can't go on, just relax. And then the next day, come in with a fresh mind and just pick up the pieces again. Just try to get through day to day by doing something that you can accomplish and that you can feel good about yourself and take it off your list. What do you wish you knew on that very first day when you walked into the dealership? What do you wish you knew that you now know? Probably just to know that it's going to be okay and that I am doing it. I think I was so naive. And now you're empowered, right? Mm -hmm. I believe that people measure success very differently mm -hmm. at different times in their lives. Mm -hmm. And as women, I think we have chapters, don't we? Absolutely. Right now, what does success mean to you? Success five years ago was so different for me. I lived a she-she life. My girlfriends used to say, I want your life, Suzanne. I was playing tennis four times a week. I was traveling all around the world with my kids and being in their lives and loved being a mom, loved being a wife, and just was so grateful. And being successful as far as having money and materialistic things. But fast forward to now, I think success is just every day waking up, having your children be happy, you being grateful for everything that you have, and just plugging away. I want to say thank you so much for being our guest this week on the story behind her success. I think everyone should go out and buy a car from a woman. What do you say? Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Story Behind Her Success with Candy O'Terry. This is a series with one goal in mind, to shine the spotlight on women doing great things with their lives. We hope these weekly stories will motivate and inspire you. If you'd like to suggest someone for Candy to interview, she'd love to hear about it. Connect with her anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and her website, CandyOterry.com. That's C-A-N-D-Y-O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. You'll find all of these links in the show notes. What's your story?